Hey, what's up? So, Avalanche. Let's talk about it. What's, what's an avalanche? The snow comes down real fast, fierce, gains momentum. But I'm not talking about the natural disaster. Or if it's not really a disaster, I guess, if no one's around. But anyways, avalanche. What is it? You've heard about it. Now you're going to hear some more. It's an open source platform for launching decentralized finance applications, right? DeFi. That's what you want. Developers who build on Avalanche can easily create powerful, reliable, secure applications and custom blockchain networks with complex rule sets or build an existing private or public subnet. Right. I think what you should do right now is stop what you're doing. Even if it's listening to this podcast, stop, pull over, go to the gas station if you need to go to a subway. There's a subway like everywhere. There's always a subway. All right. Right, there's always a Kroger. Just stop in a parking lot somewhere. Go to avalabs.org to learn more. All right, stop. Go to avalabs. That's A V A Labs, L A B S dot org. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's a Bitcoin Podcast. Everybody, welcome to uh, Bitcoin Podcast. Um, I'm the host of Talks First, D. I'm another host, Dr. Corey Petty. And I'm the third host, Jesse Broke. You know, it still yes. feels weird saying saying doctor. I don't like it feels weird saying it. It does, does it? Or is that a weird flex? Did you just weird flex us, bro? No, it's just, I just I just I just I just realize like every time I say it, I feel weird. And I don't know why. <laughs> hey, look at the flex on this guy here. He says, just sounds doctor. Doctor. <laughs> it just sounds just strange to me. That sounds like jealousy. Sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, Same thing. Anyway. How was your uh, week, do- how was your week, Dr. Petty? It was uh Let's see. No sleep. Uh, a lot of work. The last week was the status build week, which means that like a lot of the uh, we, we try and take these like opportunities and status to get people to work on something else that's not their like typical day job, right? And so it's just like, all right, well for a week we're gonna have a contest. Build whatever you want. Have you have like a side project idea? So according to status, go build it. Go spend time doing that and not like your standard duties uh and that's that was last week so it was interesting because almost all of my meetings were uh canceled and it was was nice that i got to spend a little bit of time to build something that i wanted to build and uh but like at the end of the week like i didn't spend a lot of time because i have a bunch of other stuff that i have to do but at the end of the week there was a lot of really cool stuff that people had built that like we needed in just like a week it was awesome and so that was like kind of nice. It's nice to see that. And I got a little more time to spend on like building and implementing and doing research on my own and not doing the standard like firefighting that I do for my typical job. So that's, that's, that's a good week. But still, once again, Declan is not sleeping. So my nights are filled with waking up and the days are filled with me trying to get past not sleeping. Nice. Sounds terrible. How about you, Jesse? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, just studying, lots of studying. I wake up, I don't know what time it is or what day it is, but there's a countdown going down. And yeah. Oh, what's that? You're countdown? I see it all the time. Huh? 
There's like a counter that you sit next to. Yeah, there's a countdown for when the exam is. Oh, shit. Did, do you have um, Inception blah triggers in your countdown? That's actually a great idea. I might try that. Every hour, <laughs> blah. You should. It'll get you fucking ready What to you go. need to do is find, find some like music that slowly gains tempo as the countdown goes down so like over time it gets faster and faster and faster and more like intense like if you think about like the inception movie is like you yeah, go yeah. deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. gets like the, like the tempo of the music and background stuff speeds up like find like a bunch of bpm tracks and like for every <laughs> phase gets you like you increase the bpms like the end it's just like <laughs> and then like sleep deprivation kicks in i start hallucinating and i see like spinning tops <laughs> for sure you've got hey just listen to the inception soundtrack there's like a there's a 25 minute track on there that starts really slow and then starts to speed up and get intense it's pretty dope yeah, i'll try that so, so spread that over like a couple months and you're good yeah. <laughs> so uh this week we don't have uh, an interview because um they fucking stood us up well a couple people stood us up uh, I had to reschedule because that happens in podcast life. And then we stood someone up uh, because podcast life and regular life. So, um, yeah, I was actually looking forward to this interview. It would have been perfect for the conversation we're talking about. We're going to talk with Jameson Lop about some Bitcoin stuff. And um, since we don't have an interview, uh, I can kind of go a little further into some Bitcoin stuff that happened this week that I wanted to talk about anyway. Alicia said for uh, the build week, she would build a chair and maybe a kite. Definitely a chair. Definitely. That's that's gonna happen. <laughs> maybe a kite. The chair's built. <laughs> so this has been a big week for crypto, I feel like. Every time I, every time I feel like it's been a big week, it really hasn't. I mean it was for us it's big, but for general populace, they they don't give a shit. But like Bitcoin upgrades don't happen often. In fact, when they upgrade, it's almost like it's a whole new fucking era we're getting into, like Mesozoic, Paleontonic, Jurassic. We're getting into a whole new era of Bitcoin. We've got some upgrades. I feel like, I feel like two or three of those were not the correct words, but we got it. Paleotonic is a word, or is it Paleolithic? Pa- Paleolithic. Paleolithic, Jurassic, Mesozoic. I'm gonna look up. You said paleo. You said paleontonic. Paleontonic is what I said, but it's not right. It sounds like it's a drink. It sounds like a drink. Paleozoic, palindromic. That's completely different. Uh, Mesozoic, Jurassic, and Paleolithic. Those are all real. All right. <laughs> Either way. Tangent. That's why everyone was so mad. You don't remember these things? Everyone's so mad at Jurassic Park because they were like, those fucking dinosaurs didn't even exist at the same time. You can't call Jurassic Park. And I remember being eight and being like, wow, you guys care way too much about this. You're obviously not looking at the Tyrannosaurus Rex on the screen. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so mad. I'm so mad that I'm one of those people now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm, I'm totally one of those people. Stegosaurus and Tyrannosaurus didn't exist at the same time, bro. Let's fucking get Ugh. out of here. Get out of here. Anyways, um, we got an upgrade. We got Schnorr, not to confuse with Snaj, and we got Taproot. I remember talking about these like two years ago, so I, I thought they had just been farted out. I didn't even think they were still yeah. real. So I was under the impression that um, these things would be forever, forever delegated into like liquid, which is the blockstream sidechain to Bitcoin, mm-hmm. because nothing ever happens in Bitcoin. Um, but when did this happen? Um, in in general chat, so I uh, just to be Thursday, I'll, I'll go, I'll go here. Uh, October fifteenth, which is some days ago. Let's see, that's Thursday. Um, the Bitcoin Core code base. Uh, merged in um, a uh, a pull request, which is a like a, a like here accept this new code into your code base from Peter Woolley or Wool or however you say his last name. Uh, that nice. implemented Schnorr. Wiley, I think it's Woolley. I have no idea. Um, that implemented Schnorr signatures, Taproot, and 
tap script. And so I wanted to kind of go into like one, like, like you said, in my opinion, the fact that it's been merged into the code base is monumental, but there's a caveat here in that it's not in Bitcoin yet. It's just in the code base, meaning that like you still can't create transactions that use these technologies and they be valid on the network that. So like, so the point of like going in the code base being a possibility to being activated and people actually being able to use these technologies is very different. What has happened is that these things are now in the code base. And now we have to go through some type of activation mechanism, which has yet to be determined as far as I know, to make them valid transactions on the network. That part is historically very difficult. What? Now, well, think about the, the, like the, the blockchain, like the block size, the base and SegWit, right? Those things were in the code base for a while. It may be over a year until the community decides, okay, this is the activation process. And we go through that process and it's succeeded depending upon how the community signals that they want this to happen. What has happened is that the code, the code in order to do these things has been reviewed. It's gone over, uh, and Bitcoin core feels that it's at the right stage of technical implementation to be included into the code base. So they can have start having the discussion of it being activated. So it's awesome that it happened. It's awesome that the technology is here. It works. And I imagine it's because it's been implemented in a, in a liquid for a while. Um, and it's been, it's been proven to work there for, I think, I'm not sure that they've brought into Bitcoin core and now they can start trying to put it in as a, as a feature of Bitcoin and not some side chain. So I wanted to like set the stage there of like, that's the, that's, that's what the, like, that's what you can expect. The code's there. You still can't use it. It's so less excited now. Yeah. Well, the media will hype. I'm here to, I'm here to that's be a so Debbie Diner. Like why even, it's not even a thing. It's not even real. It's like, that's basically like saying, Hey, we're going, we just looked up how to buy tickets to Disney world kids. That's like what you. That's what you would tell your kids if you that's wanted a, them to pretty, hate you. That's a, that's a pretty good analogy. That's exactly what just happened to everyone in crypto. Like, oh, so you mean we're going to Disney World? No, we're just saying we know how to. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty pretty accurate statement. But like, fuck that. The how to is incredibly complicated. Like a lot of the improvements that people have been wanting from Bitcoin in terms of like more robust smart contracts stems from this technology. And it's not that contentious now. Well, it's the people who would have thought it was contentious are no longer in the Bitcoin ecosystem. They're on a different network like Bitcoin Cash, right? And I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue to get this implement, to get this like activated onto the Bitcoin network and starting to be used. I really, 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 really hope because I've written off Bitcoin for a long time because they couldn't get this in. I'm more salty. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm real excited it's because salty, if man. this gets through, if this gets through within a year, you're going to see a tremendous boom of development on top of the Bitcoin blockchain. Now, why? I, I should probably go like... Well, yeah, and I wrote an article. I'm writing an article. We're, we're doing a bad show. Hold up. I should be that guy. Hold up. Wait. Why is that, Corey? <laughs> well, you're going to get a chance to ask questions. But yeah, like, why is what? Why is there going to be, I'll, I'll quote you on this, a Cambrian explosion of development? Mm. For those of you unfamiliar with Cambrian explosion, Google it. It's, it's badass. It happened in Europe. All right, you're to go, Corey. Wait. What? <laughs> uh, happened in Europe? Cambria? Yeah. Do you know what the Cambrian explosion was? Is Wasn't it a European thing? No. You should Google it. And then get back to us. <laughs> All, right, here we go. All right, you go for it. All right, talk. I'm Google. Googling. I need <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Now, uh, in order for you to understand, like, what the implications of this are, I should probably 
describe what these things do. Oh, that Cambrian explosion. Bitcoin. I was thinking. There you go. There you go. Now I feel like go ahead and try again. What was the Cambrian explosion? Stop it. All right. I was thinking about something <laughs> totally different. Obvious. Cambodian the Cambrian explosion? explosion was like animals, bro. All right. Go. You're, you go now. You go. Yeah, I want to talk about what they are. So it all stems basically the whole, like almost all of the innovation comes from the fact that they're implementing Schnorr signatures. So what the hell are Schnorr signatures? Um, I did a hash get out episode previously with Andrew Polstra from Blockstream. Um, and a good portion of that is about Schnorr signatures um, and what they do and how they work and what they bring to the table. But in essence, um, at a very high level, it's signature aggregation. Meaning that you can take multiple different signatures and turn them into one signature or multiple, like multiple required signatures from different key pairs and turn them into a single signature that can be validated. Now, what does that mean for Bitcoin? Now, I guess if you don't understand the UTXO model of Bitcoin, that's like, so what, who cares? Uh, what this brings is a tremendous amount of efficiency and some privacy in a lot of ways Smart to the Bitcoin app. ecosystem. Um, it paves the way for Scriptless. more robust script. These are all like kind of buzzwords, like more robust smart contracts in Bitcoin. It expands the scripting language of Bitcoin pretty extensively, but like you can't think of it in terms of like solidity because it's very different. Uh, but if you take, if you look at, if you look at the like format of a transaction in Bitcoin, uh, because it uses what's called the UTXO model or unspent transaction output model. Um, if I want to send money to one of you, I have to look into all the UTXOs that I currently have in my possession across a bunch of different keys. So because Bitcoin uses the HD wallet or hierarchical deterministic wallet, meaning that I make a new address for every single time I use Bitcoin in my wallet, every UTXO or previous transaction that I've done is attached to a different key pair. And when you spin the transaction, you spin the entire thing. So you, you, you destroy it and you create a new one in transactions. Every transaction destroys UTXOs and then creates new ones based on like who it's going to and the change left over. So when I send you money, I'm basically looking at all the past things I've done and gathering up all the change that I have until it goes just barely over the amount that I want to spend. But each of those different change addresses, all the different UTXOs that I'm looking at are owned by different key pairs, potentially. And meaning that the more, the more piece chunks of UTXO that I use to build a transaction, the larger my transaction gets because I have to include every single signature in that transaction. So as I start to spend more and more UTXOs to maybe send you like one Bitcoin, because it's made up of like 30 different change addresses, 30 different UTXOs, that transaction gets really big and more costly. And it's very easy to see what's going on forensically on the blockchain if I'm using something like a multisig. We'll get into that later. And so what happens with Schnorr signatures is instead of using ECDSA, I'm going to use Schnorr, which means that instead of including all of those signatures, I include one signature. So whether it's I'm spending one TXO, 30 UTXOs, some weird script that does a bunch of weird things that would be enabled by Taproot, it looks the exact same as a transaction and it's the exact same size. Mm. That's power. So it's incredibly, it's very efficient to validate. It's very efficient in terms of how much space gets taken up in a Bitcoin block per message. It does a, it does, does a lot of work for, well, I mean, it makes wallet software more complicated, but more efficient in some ways. Let's try to get ahead of the politics. Who stands to gain the most? Who's going to be the bitch? Is it going to be Roger Ver? Is it going to be Bitcoin Core? Is it going to be Blockstream? Who's going to negate? Because SegWit was so controversial when it didn't need to be. I don't know why it was. Because Roger Ver's a bitch. Great technology. Oh, it's great technology. SegWit's great. Roger Ver, I know oh, you're not listening. To be clear, SegWit or Schnorr cannot be implemented without SegWit. 
Yeah, so Bitcoin Classic or whatever you call your shit. Cash? Bitcoin cash? Yeah, Bitcoin Cash. There you go. Um, hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's worth. Bitcoin Cash is okay. Roger Ver is not. Yeah. Bitcoin Cash has, has, has novel technology and implementations. And they're going a different development route than Bitcoin Core did. Who cares about what Roger Ver says? Bitcoin I Cash can. is not terrible. Roger Ver is. Yeah. I wanted, I, that's, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, my personal opinion is Roger Ver is a bitch, all right? And so he's the reason why Bitcoin got so fractured and stupid. And he eh, he's one really... of the reasons. Stop taking it easy on this, man. Every time I try to take, every time I try to go in on Roger Ver, you interrupt me. Even during the interview, when I had him dead to rights, I still, I'll never forget, I had his ass dead to rights and you interrupted People me. People have the right to, to do what they want to do. That's kind of what's nice about this whole ecosystem. But... It has stupid consequences, and I find it ironic that he hates politics so much that he's a politician. All he's ever done is politic. He was rich before Bitcoin because of politics. He's a bitch. Anyway, let's get back to the matter. All right, let's get back to the matter. Any questions on what Schnorr does? Yeah, Jesse's got some questions. Mm -mm, No, I'm good. I got no questions. You're happy with your question? We're aggregating signatures. Now, there are other consequences of that and it can do other things but the majority okay. of the reason to implement schnorr is to aggregate signatures yeah i'm looking beyond that i'm trying to see what else is available now okay so taproot uh what taproot is i got this is one. okay go ahead <laughs> all right so if you're not familiar with roots it's what trees need to live all right so what taproot does is allow other things to tap into the root and the root being the Bitcoin blockchain. All right, Corey, your turn. <laughs> I'm going to let people sit with that for a little bit. Let that marinate because that's how we're leading this. And then I want you to, <laughs> I want you to throw in some details, some tributaries, if you will. God. All right, so that's wrong. Cool. Uh, Taproot is at, at like in a, in, a, in a word, an improvement on it's it is the aggregation of addresses for Merkleized abstract syntax trees. That's the technical one word, like one sentence definition of what Taproot is. So in order to really understand what it means, uh, you need to understand what the the combination of words it just said was, which is commonly referred to as MAST, M-A-S-T. Right. So in Bitcoin, means. yeah, go for it. in Bitcoin, you can, you can, it's not just simple transfers. You can do things like multi-sig transactions or other types of like, like time locked, time locked verification, uh, like time locked transactions only get spent at a certain block or whatever. Uh, and these are based on the Bitcoin scripting system. And that's limited purposefully and what it's possible of doing. Um, and so you, you like, you have a script that needs to be valid and given at the time of the transaction in order for uh, the Bitcoin network to say like, yep, that's a valid script. You've unlocked the Bitcoin into the new, new UTXOs. So you get, to, you get to move Bitcoin because you you proved a script true. Uh, and what a mast is, it allows you to Merkleize a bunch of scripts to dramatically improve the amount of things that you can possibly prove true for a script. Meaning that I'm going to create like what, let's just think about a multi-sig transaction, for instance. If two out of these three possible signatures sign, then I'm going to say it's a valid transaction. It's a script. And then you can now move, you can now destroy your two UTXOs and create new ones. And you so like that logic of like, if, if these two things sign out of the three, then I can do this, gets, gets improved. And so I can have a bunch of different options on if this, then that, if this, then that, if this, then that, and a whole tree of scripts basically for, for under mass. And when I would like to uh, do a transaction, that is one of the execution paths of this tree, meaning that I go all the way up the tree and say like, I can prove every limb of the tree correct. I'm, I'm saying I want to take one option and do that because I have the ability to do that. I don't have to publish the entire script. I can just publish the execution path. So that one option of the script on the Bitcoin blockchain, prove it true, 
and I get to do all the things. So that's a, that's a, that's a big privacy gain in terms of um, what you're doing in a, in a Bitcoin transaction. Meaning that when I publish, I'm only doing, I'm only publishing the option that was, that I, that I, that I chose and was proven true. I'm not publishing all of the other possible options that could have been proven true. And you can create a system that has a lot of privacy associated with it. And you're only publishing the thing that needs to be proved. That's really cool. But the downfall of mast before Schnorr signatures is that you had to publish all of those signatures at the same time, making that making these transactions incredibly large and like not feasible. And because you have signature ag aggregation, these, these things not only become very small and compact, but they look exactly like a regular Bitcoin transaction. So everything's There's localized no down to the Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah. So like what you're doing is instead of doing like a, you're, you're like with Ethereum, you build a smart contract, the solidity, you compile it, and you actually implant that bytecode, the entire contract code onto the blockchain and everyone can see it and decompile it and see what's possible. You can see all the possibilities of that, of that contract, right? Mm -hmm. You don't do that here. You don't ever see all of the possibilities of what that smart contract can do. You only see what gets done. It's a very important distinction. Also, that code doesn't have to live on the blockchain. All you have to do is prove it true. So you're you're creating these like complicated signature schemes, keeping them off the blockchain, and only those only the parties that need to know, know, and only the parties that and, and then it's whatever gets put on the blockchain is basically just validation. But you can't do all this stuff efficiently without signature aggregation. See, that's the part that always got me. It's like I understand how computers work at like a ones and zeros level, and like at the gate and transistor level, right? And like all this shit, like where you lose me is where you go. And 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 through some cryptographic magic, they validate. Well, like like that's the part. It's like the cryptographic magic is where like oh. Okay. That's not hardware. That's software. That's math. That's just purely math. Yeah. That's not a that's not a transistor level thing. Yeah, I mean, I it is that. in terms of implementation, but like it's just pure math. Keyword pure. Keyword. Pure. Oh yeah. So no, that's like that's kind of the thing, and that's that's what it, it is. is. It definitely is. Yeah. What that's really cool though, right? Is that we like if these things get activated, you're you're drastically expanding. Oh, and TapScript is basically the necessary changes to the script language in Bitcoin to to allow nodes to be able to verify whether or not these things are true. They can process Snore signatures. They can process math and Taproot. You need to expand. The scripting language to allow to make sure you can you can understand this these these new these new features, and in the process like make everything else more efficient because these new features make a lot of things more efficient. So it's just tap script, or bit three forty two three forty two is just the necessary changes to make sure nodes can read the language and understand things. That's so that's not that fun. Um, how do they validate that aggregation, uh, that aggregate aggregated signature that represents all the other signatures? Like, how does that? How does how do how do they like say you know, Sally sends Bob some Bitcoin from like and and because the, the 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 multi sig scheme is being changed, right? So it's like to just one, like you're you're just attaching like the aggregated signatures into one signature, and you're you're substituting that into like the block, right? Yeah, but you can ask questions like, "Is is this a valid is this a valid address uh, or key in the signature? Is this a valid E in the signature? Is that what you said? E, key, like, like so previously, like you just like if you get like a, a signature from a from a message, mm -hmm. it only it only is associated with a single address or a single public key, right? And so you can say like, "Is this is this the right public key? Yes." But with short signatures, you can have multiple public keys associated with a signature. So you can say, is this the right, is this the right public key? Like, yeah, that's one of them. That works. Yeah, but how does that like that? That's the part. It's like, how does that magic work? Oh, that's, that is way more complicated. Yeah, explain that. Like <laughs> I, I can't right now. We don't have the time for that. And I'm not I'm not uh, good enough. You should listen to that hashing out episode goes into some detail there, yeah. but that gets into like a cryptographic conversation of like how that works. And yeah, I'm not Interesting. 100% privy to exactly how that works. So I'm not going to pretend like I am. <laughs> it's like the magic. It's like, and it just works. Like, but like, this, this, is, this isn't new. Schnorr's been around for a very long time, but it was under patent for a long time. Yeah, so only right. recently was this available to be, was this available to the public to be implemented into open source code? Whereas how previously it was under patent. That's that part of that hashing episode. Oh, okay. 
Andrew is Andrew's an expert in this. Like Andrew Polstra is an expert in this, like literally an expert in this. And he and he talks a lot about like kind of where it came from, why it's that way, and what it brings to the table. Has he explained and, the cryptographic magic to you so that you like understand how it works or still no? Like that's just like I don't, it's, I don't, I've had so many conversations, I don't remember. Like <laughs> But do you feel like like because like it's like there's there's a there's like the average person can go out and build a computer nowadays. Everything's kind of like snapped together, like oh shit. Yeah. Right. You can't put the processor where the GPU goes. You know, is it like, is there, is there like a video or like, is that hashing it out? Episode? I'm pretty sure it doesn't cover the depth that no, is required. No, no. you need to go into the actual libraries, like the cryptographic libraries and use their APIs and understand kind of like um, what things do what and how you put them together. Because like, even at the end of the day, like you can, you can put a computer together. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what a like PCI bus is and like how that how that's hooked up to the chipset and how that's hooked up to the the CPU and like architecture of the CPU. You don't understand all that stuff when you're building a computer. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. That's the same situation for like using a cryptographic library. You can put it together and it works and gives you the right answer. Hopefully. You have no fucking clue what's going on. See, but like that's the thing. Like if, if we're supposed to trust like I, I like to understand and then I can trust something. Especially like if I'm gonna be transferring like, That's not true. What you just said is not true. I'm sorry to call you out. Right. Do you, it's You're not right. that. It's, it, no, I don't no, mean no, that no. as like a call out. I just said that that's categorically false. That's all. it's it's. I like understanding how things work to the best of my abilities, and it just like seems like crypto. You prefer you prefer to do that. Yeah, I would. It gives you more comfort in what you're doing, but you, yeah. you do a lot of things that you don't do that. Absolutely. I didn't mean that I as like a call that. out, but one. everybody uses things. You literally said I'm calling you out. Huh? <laughs> literally said I'm calling you out. Didn't have the words express, you know, how it wasn't. It was mental vomit. I just mentally vomited on what you said. <laughs> I mean, doesn't yeah, if you could understand, I, right? I would. I, I I think that's worth another argument, like another discussion later on down the line. Um, is kind of how those how like how ECDSA and Schnorr compare to each other in terms of like how their cryptography actually works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, because it, it's 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 fascinating. Like if I had the opportunity and the resources and the time, I would basically just go back and get a, a PhD in cryptography. That'd be my my number one goal. It's incredibly I, fascinating it's, it's because fascinating. you're you're essentially inventing whatever you want, and then like it gets mm, down with to the boundaries. Yeah, but the boundaries are also whatever you want, so long that you get people to agree to them. Like it's you create whatever you want in cryptography. Uh, you just have to have the right people to support whatever you created because what do you it's mean? just pure math. Yeah, but like math has constraints. Yeah, but it all starts with like modular arithmetic, and almost that's almost boundless when you start to consider like, like when my first day I walked into it was like foundations of algebra. And the teacher was like, OK, today we're going to like we're going to just like ricochet off of cryptography. We need to know a little bit of cryptography to know uh, the proofs that we're about to go into in the next chapter. I was like, cool. And we started to learn about modular arithmetic. And he was like, oh, you know, like we're going to tell a joke. He's like, one plus one doesn't always equal two. And I was like, what the fuck? And he was <laughs> like, he was like, it only equals two um, in the small little universe that you've known your whole life. And then we went into like modular modular arithmetic and like examples of when we use it, like a like a twelve hour clock is a great example. Or the railroad systems use a lot of modular arithmetic uh, when they're traveling across country to know how to like um, um, modify distances differently. And so, um, but I mean, really, it doesn't have to be just natural numbers. As long as you've got some function that equates to a natural number, the possibilities are almost endless. So, like, those are the bounds right there. As long as you have a function that, that um, I guess, resolves to a natural number or a function that resolves to a function that resolves to a natural number. You see what I'm saying? It like, it kind Yeah, of... but, like, in terms of, like, real implementations and, and applied math, when we're actually using it for physical systems, there's there's... There's constraints and consequences with any any model you use, right? You can come up with anything you want, but it's yeah. going to have consequences, right? And yeah. so, like under this set of rules, you can do these things because that's the way the math works, and we can't. That, that's rigid. That's real rigid. And so, you have to come up with the right mathematical model that works for the for the like human relationship scenario, 
Yeah, that's the because uh, if it's not if it's not applicable, if it's not efficient to use, like if you think about zero knowledge proofs, they've been around for a real long time, and that's that's math, that's applied math. Why weren't they? Why why weren't we using them? Because they weren't efficient. They weren't reasonable for the like the computers yeah. that we had to actually be used in real systems on networks and stuff. It's only until recently, kind of like since the since the birth of blockchain that we've come upon so much more applicable and efficient zero knowledge proofs that they've found their way into systems that actually get used. That's the same thing here with this type of cryptography. Like short signatures is a better implementation of digital signatures, but they have consequences. And I, I, I don't think we have, I don't want to get into those consequences too much. This, but in terms of like what it's doing for Bitcoin, it's drastically improving the efficiency of Bitcoin. And it like kind of, uh, implicitly or like kind of as a side consequence improving the privacy and uh like the ability for people to do forensics on the bitcoin blockchain wait it's not like privacy isn't like the purpose for snore signatures it's just a happenstance because all transactions look the same now like right now like if you think about like chain analysis or elliptic or any of these like uh analysis companies that are looking at they're looking at the blockchain and looking at the kind of the, the structure of, of messages or transactions and then deducing a bunch of stuff based on what the structure is. If I do like a, a dust collector in my wallet, that means that like I take a bunch of UTXOs and I put them into a new, I make a transaction that takes all those, all those change accounts and put it into a new account so that I have like one UTXO, which happens in a lot of wallets. If I'm looking at the blockchain, that's a beautiful thing for me because I can now associate a bunch of different addresses together as an entity, a single person, right? So if I'm doing like entity analysis on trying to connect addresses to one another, those types of transactions were very commonplace in the whole thing, do me a tremendous favor to make a, a verifiable link between one address and another. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm also seeing that like all these things in a wallet. So I know, I, I know what's happening in that transaction just by looking at the structure of it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of examples like that. With store signatures, that's basically gone. All of my ability to deduce what's happening at a transactional level level is gone. They all look the same. Yeah. That's a lot of privacy. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's never gonna be a currency that there's there's always gonna be some currency that's used for privacy purposes. I mean, yeah, but this isn't like for privacy, it's an happen. It's a happenstance of what signature aggregation does. It's an efficiency gain for the most part. And when you have a very scarce resource like block size, efficiency gains are huge. Mm-hmm. They also have to be and used. It's, it's not just block size either. It's actually faster to validate these things. So, like from a computational resource perspective, I can I can process more transactions with the same amount of resources. Yeah. You so how the- that? How much faster will it make transactions? I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. Hold up. Um, Alicia just said something very pertinent. This still sounds like hocus pocus. You cannot hocus pocus people's money. That is why Segwit was very controversial because it was not explained well enough for people to fully understand. All right. I would say, Alicia, you absolutely can hocus pocus people's money. It happens every day. That's what we've been doing so and far. It happens, it happens down to the thousandth of a second. No one has any idea what the money that they're sitting in their bank account is actually doing for the banks. Um, but this is cryptography. Like, this is cryptography. This isn't like, this is open source cryptography. Yeah. This has been around for a long time where like the community of scientists have agreed that this works this way. And it's not humans muddling into it. Like, I think the hocus pocus and have, people have the ability to like muddle things. This is just the way the math works out. And you don't necessarily have to understand it or believe in it. It's just how it works. And there's no humans that can change that part. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you go over the top trying to get everyone to understand what exactly their money is doing at all times, then, you know, um, it's a waste of time, I think. It is. Like if you really need to like understand the ins and outs of this stuff, you're going to need quite a bit of a background. Yeah. You're going to need to be a polymath. Huh? <laughs> do you just learn what polymath means? Yeah, I did this week. I'm, I'm okay with it. Math. I thought it was just mini maths. I was like, 
Oh, that's not what it means at all. It's not. Well, it <laughs> originally did. I don't know. Be a lifelong learner. Languages. In any event, I made, before we get off on a tangent here, I made uh, kind of a a new website. That's CoreyPetty.com. Oh, two weird flexes in one episode. <laughs> two flexes in one episode. All right, doctor. Let me tell you why. For the for the purpose of this podcast, uh, there's an article that's explaining this stuff in text with a bunch of references and resources you can go to to learn more. So it's explaining what I previously said and gives you more resources to go learn more. That's why I said it. Now, why I did this, why I made a new website is because I'm just really tired of like having all the stuff spread out a bunch across a bunch of different things. Like I want to write a bunch of stuff. I don't know where to write it. So fuck it. I'll make a blog. I'll make a blog. CoreyPetty.com. That can also say like, like I can keep it all in one spot, but also we'll have eventually like a list of a bunch of like good references and resources to the things that I always point to. Like kind of like how Jameson Lop has uh, his like references site. It's one of the best things out there for like finding out where things are. Good wallets, good resources, good, good, good cryptography packages, good articles, whatever. Also, I wanted to know like, wanted to kind of keep track of like all the different like, media stuff I'm on. I don't know like what happens. I would like a reference of like, hey, Corey was on this, Corey was on this, Corey was on this, just outside of like the podcast. Nice. Can I, so, can I put my article? An article. Can, can, can you give me some ad space on your website, Corey? I mean, what are you trying to pay, dude? I'm, I'm in down for ad space. A <laughs> dollar. No, no, sorry, bro. A Two dollars. Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> two dollars and two cents. One. Uh, what's the name of your What's the name of your website? CoreyPetty.com. CoreyPetty.com. All right. We need Simple. to think of a jingle. We need to Simple. think of a jingle. Effective. Yeah. So, like this article on like uh, Schnorr signatures and Tapper will be in the description. I can link it to Alicia now before I forget. Oh, I got it. My name's Corey Petty, and so is my website. Go to CoreyPetty.com to gain some insight. Hmm. The last part. I mean, we're totally using that. I'm just gonna like I'm gonna have it like <laughs> autoplay like an old like an old Zanga page. <laughs> we can start we can jazz it up a little bit. What's this? Activities. What are activities? Polls? So Dude, you can do polls and you can do QA and polls inside of Google Meet now. Why do they call it Schnorr? It's named after the person who made it, Schnorr. I figure that. I'm just having QA. We can have people in here doing, we could tell them to shut the fuck up. We could say, you my life. what's up? Fuck that guy because he patented it for, and like, okay. So, uh, an interesting like story which I'm assuming is, is right based on my conversation with Andrew Polstra is that the reason why this isn't in Bitcoin already was because it was patented when Satoshi was creating the, creating the first client and the protocol. And it wasn't an open source libraries because it was patented. Now I think it, I think the like officially the patent expired in 2008, but it hadn't been um, around enough and, and available to people. Uh, to be included into open source projects, and because Hoshi wasn't that good of a programmer, he only used available, like available popular resources for for like code libraries. He chose ECDSA, and that's the reason why we have EC, ECDSA signatures prolific across all of blockchain. It's because he had to make that choice because it wasn't in open source libraries back then. Like if this, if he hadn't patented this, the standard for all of blockchain would more than likely be Schnorr signatures, and that's like. Really weird, subtle, but very, very broad implications of what patents can do. What is circles? Oh, yeah. It's straight up. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. He distracted you. Sorry. Hard change of conversation. I'm sorry. So sorry. It's petty. I mean, Jesse's distracting me with posting links over here. I get what you're saying, Corey. In a nutshell, it's like when you're a scientist and you patent something, you make it really difficult for other people to use the science that you created. Well, for any type of open source type stuff, which has been growing significantly over the past decade or so, is make it impossible. But what arguably, you, you make money from them, right? Open sure. Source. That guy didn't make shit. 
That's Schnur could have made shit from Schnorr signatures. But he could have. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's enterprise things that happen, but I doubt it. I also don't know enough about it to like have a hard say, but like fuck that guy. You know what's dope is like what we could do with these questions things. I think we should open up our round tables again and just have people come in and be like, hey, you can't talk. Shut the fuck up. But what you can do is ask questions. So I'm into that. There, could, that post- occasionally. Yeah. I'd do that. And then like we could do a vote. Like we could do let's like build it up, right? Like this is one Alicia, yeah. Alicia, jot this down. Yeah. Like this is one of those things like <laughs> like uh we could do it once a month, right? And then you know, we market it. And then we get like 10, 15, 20 people in here and there and, you know, we can get a lot because Microsoft Teams is already advertising. They can have 150 people in one call or some shit. So, you know, Google's like, oh, hell no, Microsoft, you don't have the biggest web conference dick in the game. It's us. We've been doing this Google Meet shit for a long time. So we can get a lot of people in here and we can have them ask questions and then vote on the best questions. And then we can answer the questions. And that could be like a, you know, that could be a thing we do. A lot of work. We'll it's not out. a lot of work. So, we literally do it all the time. All we have to do is tell people to come to it. That's all. I try to have people ask questions in the chat and then then vote on questions. It's just people ask questions and we pick them at random. It's like you would do on a YouTube stream. Yeah, but we pick the popular questions. I don't want to just. I don't want to answer ones that I want to answer. I want to answer for the people. You know they nobody end up like. Then someone has to make that vote, make that poll. You can't be like, it's not no, easy you, to go you from literally like, vote that. on the question right there. Look. Where? Push the thumbs up. I don't see. Oh shit! And then you sort it by popular. Look at that! I retract everything I just said. This motherfucker doesn't know about Cambria explosions. Jeez, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just say. Well they ask the question. You sort by popular. There Maybe we go. can do that via like Patreon. Like that's how you get into the the thing. I don't know. Hey, we'll figure out a way to like if, yeah. just be anyone, right? We gotta like. like find a way to like make it make a crowd of people that aren't going to spam the shit out of us or something i don't know we'll figure it out to be continued yeah you guys look forward to this hot shit jesse do you have questions i have no questions right now okay what the fuck is a circle jesse uh like take bright id and add a ubi token (laughs) what's a what's a ubi token i universal basic income between multiple parties so you have to make like a circle i guess dude i don't know i just install i, I didn't install i i just signed up for it and uh <laughs> said i, I don't know people. i just signed up I need, for I, need, I need three or four other people and then we make You're a circle bro and then we throw money at it and then we get money <laughs> <laughs> so the so, initiator uh, According to the team is Martin Koppelman, which has he's he's been in the space for a long time and has quite a bit of quite a bit of. Uh, you know what this wild. sounds like? It sounds like uh, remember that episode of It's Always Sunny where they had the circular circular community dollars that they had the patties patties dollars or whatever. I think it's yeah. exactly. And they were like, "Well, what happens if someone wants more patty dollars? They give us more money and then we issue them patty dollars." And they're like, "Eventually, they're only going to be paying us with money we've already given them." And they're like, "No, no." I don't think that's how it works. And like, oh, that's exactly how it works. It's great. It's a circular economy. It's exactly. I need to look into this. Like, so like I guess to to give a primer on Bright ID. Bright ID is a is a method for is an, an anti spam mechanism mechanism. Right. It's a way for you to prove you're a human. So you sign up for Bright ID. It gives you this thing. You then need to validate that thing um, by making connections to other people who have a Bright ID who are like are going to attest that you're a human. And join groups, which will also attest that you're a human. So by doing these things in the network, by joining groups and validating for people, and they and they like basically sign off on you, um, you're making you're giving yourself an identification that says I am a human based on the, a lot of attestations from other humans. And this creates a very large social graph, which they're able to analyze to say like, okay, this person is more than likely a human. If you want a system, you're building a platform that doesn't want to like gather a bunch of information. You don't want to require PII or personal identifiable information from somebody, but I want to make sure they're a human because I don't want spam. They could sign on with a bright ID because bright ID does all that work to make sure that they're a human and they don't have like 16 accounts or 30,000 accounts or whatever. Right. But 
that's not a real good reason to use bright ID other than if you would like to participate in something that's implemented bright ID. So you got to do all this bullshit to like get your bright ID and then find out where you can use it. Sounds like you never got hive. I do have hive. I mean, I, I, I've done this. I've done, I've done bright ID. I have hive. I have all these things. Wait, it doesn't matter. Yes. I have honey tokens. Oh my God. Corey's <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, this, in my opinion, and I'm that this is somewhat uh, uneducated because I haven't figured out exactly how it works, is an implementation of a similar type thing, but with an incentive mechanism of like we're going to distribute a universal basic income token alongside that human verification. So like not only are you a human, we're also going to give you quote unquote money. I'm not sure how that money works, which is a huge question, right? We could that could be out. all bullshit. Yeah. We're, can we? Can we? Like, I, but I, I know that the distribution of the money is based on like how you do that human verification process. So it's not, I don't think it's like, it's universal, but I, someone explained it as kind of like, and I don't know if this is true. Um, it's like everyone getting their own personal token, their own like personal ERC20 token, which we saw previously is that people are like, I have like the Corey Petty token. This is, this is, if you think it's worth it, go buy some. It's, it's like a, an automatic in implementation of that. And I'm curious to see if that's true and how it works. Because the, because how it works doesn't make any fucking sense. Like the one, two, three, four, like the, the one, the, here's the one, two, three, four on the website, which is joincircles.net. Sign up to get trusted. And I think that's when you're making those like contacts with real people. Three, receive your circles. I don't know what that process is. That's not, that's completely muddled. Four, use your circles. So I guess based on how you do your human verification process to be like validated on the network, you get a UBI. I don't know what, how that UBI works. You're like some, the circles token. And based on that, you can then use those circles tokens somewhere. You could use them at the mall. Yeah, use them at, pay at the mall. External external value comes in somehow, and then yeah, so yeah. whoever wants to like, hey, I'm taking circles for this. Like, you know what I mean, like, who's doing that? So Alicia just posted that tweet from Taylor that she backed up Corey that said, "So you support? We change repeated... topics again? Huh? You want to change topics again? You're really good yeah, at changing yeah. topics. Really, really hard." Yeah, we're not segueing into shit these days. All right, hard right turns, baby. <laughs> Perpendicular. No. Um, All right, new topic. I just don't know. What, I mean, circle sounds really. Jesse, wait. Before I you get a hundred initially for an initial payout, and then you receive. I guess they do this like so the seven percent inflation rate globally. I think. That's do you like circles? I have no idea. What All right, circle sounds like bullshit. All right, it's just those Try six. It. Those six people that started Circles are trying to do another fucking, hey, this is a brand new crypto. Get on our team. We're going to make a bunch of fucking money. You guys are going to be stuck with some crazy thing with shitty UI. That's what Circles is. Do it if you want to. Don't. If you don't, you shouldn't. It looks like shit. Um, let's, let's go. I've seen 3,000 Circles. Why would you call it Circles? Who's spending Circles? Oh, yeah. Can you put five Circles on Pump 3? No, that's fucking never gonna be a thing. Uh, hey, sir, give me. Sir, hey, sir, how many good. how many circles is this Babe Ruth bar? Huh? You you say that, but if you ask Corey, how much was Honey in like the first few days when they opened it up, when Bright ID, when everybody's spamming that, how much was it for one Honey token? Five. I don't remember. I got a bunch of it. Dollars, Corey. Oh, <laughs> apparently I got a lot of money. Okay, how that's much is a Honey token worth now? You know how much you know how much the faucet was giving you. It was giving you 0.1 honey tokens every like 24 hours. Yeah. I got a bunch of honey. I had somewhere. It's on one of my wallets. Saying, D. What are you saying? What are you saying? I'm saying Corey has honey tokens and they're worth a lot of money because he signed up for some random thing that was kind of stupid looking. Hey, let's not get into that. <laughs> yes. How it's, much it's, 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 you, it's potentially rewarding to get into these projects. Uh, at the foundational layer, but like, there's no guarantee it's going to work anything. Like I'm doing stuff just to figure out how stuff works. 
by happenstance, I probably have some tokens in my wallet that might be worth something. We should do that, though. Okay, how much is Honey Tokens worth right now? I don't know. Let's it's on the X. It's on the X network. You have to check it out that way. Clock's ticking, bros. I got you. I got you. Wait for it. Wait for it. One honey is thousand one hundred eleven dollars and sixteen cents for one honey token. Not according to what I'm looking at. Just go to their main page, onehive.org. Okay. They have twenty-eight million dollars in in uh, as a market cap, and then the token supply is twenty-five thousand two hundred thirty-five. Honey price one 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 one. One for cool. another one. Yeah, that's one thousand one hundred and eleven dollars and sixteen cents. So if you have a handful of honey tokens, Corey, sell them. I got a handful of a bunch of tokens, dude. Okay, so how <laughs> do you? How do you? He's like, I'm, we're not. I get this honey how do i do circles no i'm not i i it's literally so what i was doing is doing a test and you both failed it took like over two minutes for you to get me the value of this thing it's not money it's not even worth anything it's shit it's shit what's it's the price like, of ether you can't have a conversation about it. <laughs> what's the price of bitcoin right now the price of bitcoin right now is about eleven thousand five hundred. the price of ether right now oh. is about 350 dollars or something 374 dollars all right like it's money is a conversation. Money is something that is a part of your life. It's a language. It's gestures. It's 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 ethereal. It's ethereal. It's not like so all these little things that pop up that people do is just it's just a cash grab. It's just a, those six people on that website are going to make a lot of money. Everybody else is going to forget that they have it because it's not a part of their everyday language. It's not a part of the zeitgeist. And like Corey right now, he's probably not even going to take the time to turn that honey into money. That's good. Yeah, but, yeah, but that maybe I will like become something. If it, if it becomes something later on down the line, I will. It's, it's not just like I'm experimenting with things. Like, how do people introduce new things? Can they, can they never do that? Bitcoin was worth jack shit for a long period of time. Having, and people were having the same conversation. Like, no one's going to fucking use Bitcoin. Stupid. I Saying the exact same thing you just said. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with Corey on this one, D. Like, like the, a point of, like, a lot of this stuff is like, experimental it's fun to use it it's fun to see how it works like like i, I wouldn't shit on new projects just because you've seen like three thousand of them like they have different tweaks to them there's something some of them are unique now almost all of them will become nothing like you just said so how much time do you have to spend on the one percent of things that are going to be a thing yeah but like you gotta look up from my perspective i need to look into these things so that i can i can make status better like I'm actively building in this ecosystem. I need to know how things work. So that if we incorporate it into status, I understand the implications there. It's not it's not impinging on like our principles as a company, or it's or it's a it's a feature that's gonna end up gonna making it so much better based on how it works. I have to look into this stuff. I get it. I just know that it's very it's very it seems to me like very extremely small pockets of opportunity, like and then yeah. a small time. DeFi, DeFi is the same shit. But like eventually something's gonna work, and work well. See what up. DeFi gets is is the halo theory, right? Bitcoin got it. No, Ether got it. Bitcoin kind of got it. It's the halo theory. And there's probably like a real theory that somebody with a uh, somebody with a PhD old doctor over there came up with and actually did all the hard work to get it in the books and stuff. But it's the halo theory. And that is there's got to be some exclusivity around your money, which makes it important or exclusive exclusivity around a platform. That makes people want to go to. Why is it called the Halo Theory? Because Xbox would not exist today as it does without Halo. Everyone who bought an Xbox bought it because of Halo. Well, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an example of that. I didn't buy an Xbox until I needed to play Halo with you. I looked at the Xbox system and was like, that's a piece of shit. It looks dumb. What's with that green circle? That's a giant system. That's stupid. I don't want it. And then I played Halo and was like, I'm going to go buy this tomorrow. I'm going to go buy this. Right. So like there's there's got to be some exclusivity. For example, the dollar, one of its prime exclusive things used to be that it's the only currency you could use to buy oil. So whole countries had to have reserves of dollars 
in order to purchase oil to do any kind of development that they wanted to do. Gave us a huge jump on things. And then we swept the rug under everyone and said, fuck your gold. That's not a thing anymore. Gold means nothing to the world. All right. Now we've got dollars. That's changing now that Iran and some other company, other countries that don't like us very much say, fuck you. We're going to start buying oil with yawn. Do something about it. Or is it yuan, yawn, whatever Chinese people use. All right. Um, so that's a whole nother thing. That's for a different kind of podcast, not this podcast. Right. So what's the halo theory for Bitcoin, for Ether, for DeFi's halo theory is that in order or, or Ether, like in order to use DeFi, you got to have Ether. So that's some exclusivity right there. If you want to get out. Yeah. For now, if you want to get on the DeFi train and you want to start being a yield farming, bro, you got to buy Ether first. Right. So that's kind of like a halo theory right there. But what's going to be the halo theory for crypto? And then it goes far back. Like if you go back to like paper currency, in order to trade with Chinese people and get in on that game, you had to buy shit with paper currency. And they were like, yeah, we're going to give you this paper. And they're like, no, we got these little bags of gold. And they're like, no, we don't fly like that. If you want if you want some of this Chinese shit, you want some of these spices, bro, you're going to turn that little bag of gold into some paper and give me this paper. Right. The, so wait, the halo theory, like I know the halo effect. Is that what you're referencing? No. no I was talking about the video game Halo. I'm talking about the video oh, game Halo. Yeah. Yeah. You're going way too deep into that. You made it up. You made up the theory. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. You just yes. explained it. Yeah. Uh, okay. People bought Xboxes <laughs> because they had to you because they had to play Halo. They didn't buy Xbox and then, and then figure out Halo. He's saying that like Ether and DeFi, like people buying Ether because they need to get into DeFi. It's the same situation. Yeah. You need the use case that people want to do in order to go get over the barrier of getting the technology and downloading software and all that bullshit. And people bought, go ahead. People bought Bitcoin because they had to get Ether. Like back in 2017, 2016, you had to get Bitcoin to get Ether. Now you can buy Ether straight from your fucking wallet. Like it, it doesn't matter. I can get, I can get handshake straight from my bank account. Like there's so many ways to get crypto now to where Bitcoin has kind of lost its halo theory unless it comes up with something that you have to have Bitcoin to do. Right. And so that's what I would like to know is for all of crypto, where's the halo moment? I think it's coming around the corner. I don't think it's going to come from anywhere. People, I think it's actually going to come from the same people that Bitcoin uh, gained popularity that also Bitcoin promised to uh, phase out the middlemen. Right. That's going to come from those people on Wall Street. But Corey said we need to warp. And that's code for we need to wrap the show up. So we are going to warp on out of this show at light speed. <laughs> it's edited. Look at it. It's edited. It says wrap now. It does. <laughs> Let's warp. It's warp. It's time. It's time to warp. Warp speed, baby. Warp out of here. Um, Let's go plaid. Hey, so real quick, um, I'm going to start talking. Alicia's going to help me remember what to say as we start plugging stuff that we do. So if you like us, you like this episode and we know at least one of you listening is new because we have fucking data. I know this is the first time you've heard the show. I'm talking to you, uh, Stephanie. I'm assuming there's a Stephanie watching the show right now. Join the Slack. You go to the BitcoinPodcast.com. All right. And you push the button that says Slack and you can join the Slack and you're in on all kinds of deep ass conversations about what is and what isn't. We talk about the universe in there. We talk about like what the fuck ever happened to Toys R Us? Like that was my shit. Now it's gone. Like we talk about all kinds of stuff. Earlier today, there's a conversation about like what's something that doesn't stick in your memory. Some people have things. They memorize things like, you know, some people. I'm about to put an explainer on uh, the infinite well. <laughs> what's that? The particle. Particle in a box of quantum mechanics. I'm gonna put an explainer in there here later today. Yeah, they're talking quantum mechanics in there. Like it's a whole bag of humanity in there, and we do a good job of keeping uh, assholes out of there. Um, I can't even remember the assholes now. We boot them out of there. We get them gone. So um, yeah, join the Slack. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Uh, if you go to Patreon and then you go and then you search. For the Bitcoin podcast and the Patreon, you can find us there. Um, and we have tiers uh, and, and help us reach our content creation goals, right? Like uh, just 
go. You know how Patreon works. This isn't uh new shit to anybody now. Patreon, Patreon's in the zeitgeist. Um, I just like saying zeitgeist today. Also, for Jesse, get some circles and become a part of his circle. So, so Jesse's posted his circle link in the Slack, and if you join the Slack, you can become a part of Jesse's circle. And hopefully, you know, you stumble upon some eleven hundred dollar circle tokens, and you know, maybe you could cash them out. Is it an app or is it like a web page? It's just a web page. Jesse, you're muted. Yeah, it's not. It's not an app. You got to like go to web page. Just a web page. All right, that's gay. Yeah. Um, so, casting call. If you want to be a part of the show, uh, and you could run our Shopify and our Patreon, you can hit us up. We're, we're, we're like auditioning, right? So, we got one Dude, person. We already got the guy. I just wanted to see how passionate you were. That's done, Alicia. <laughs> we already found the guy. Um, so, uh, Dude, just, okay. he's like, he's like, it's like anchor man you just put something on the script and he'll read it that's right that's, why'd you put <laughs> that going. on there going. <laughs> um uh psych no more casting calls daniel welcome to the squad looking forward to um we know you didn't know alicia and that's our bad but now you know so <laughs> that's it guys um I don't know who to shout out this week. Zoe Saldana isn't even paying attention anymore. She doesn't even return my calls. So, uh, shout out to Zazi Beats. Um, shout out to Daniel, Yagi, Andy, some other Joe, Blau. You got any guys you want to shout out or what? Nah, I don't do shout outs. All right, Wayne, you the man. Um. Chris from Exodus, shout out, bro. I see you. I see you doing your thing. And a definite, large, very appropriate and uh, passionate shout out to Megan the Stallion. All right. Play the outro.